What's going on, family? It's your man, K to the second letter, sitting here on Southside Rabbi with none other than our mean, the dream, mean machine. You know Hudson. what it is. You know what it is. Now, I got to give y'all the short one today because we got to talk about a reality. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. A reality. Uh-oh. That God has favorite quarterbacks. Okay. And his favorite quarterback is obviously Tom Brady. And obviously. Who found himself gifted <laughs> to join such a wonderful city with a loyal fan base like Tampa. And he joined the team, the Buccaneers. Now, we do not endorse what the Buccaneers actually did in reality. Not that part of reality. That whole <laughs> oh, jumping the real, on you ships. You talked about the real Buccaneers. The real Buccaneers <laughs> that was jumping on ships and... Stealing, plundering yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Don't, we don't mess with the pirate booty. No, we don't. We don't. But... We do mess with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You already know Super Bowl who champions. Are world champions you right now. You feel me? You see us. Brady you did see it. us. Brady did it first year that he got here in 2021. Hey, and like Holla it was nothing. Me. Holla at me. You like know what it saying? was nothing. Don't ever question the goat again. <laughs> Don't ever question the goat again. Y'all know what it is. 43 years old. You feel you what, what I'm saying? saying? You look at his NFL combine. It's 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 a representative of how the first is gonna be last or the last is gonna be first. You hear me? Because y'all was down him at the combine. Oh my gosh. Y'all was posting he pictures ran, on Instagram. He ran a six seven. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And then and, and 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 but you see him, you see how he throws. He had you know a one minute forty. You see, you see the IQ. You feel me? Because that's where that's he didn't where it comes have down ab, to. He didn't have an ab on him. You feel but me? But you don't need that. That ab brother ain't had balls. an ab in seven years. <laughs> Tom Brady hasn't seen his abs in seven years. It don't matter. He's seen seven championships. But how many oh, rings do I? Seven. That's what you gotta say. And think about this. He has more. What rings. did Kanye say? He Kanye has, said, "Do you do you want an R and B?" Superstar? You want an R&B superstar with some abs? Or you want a boss like me? Hey, that's, hey, hey that was listen, prophetic. Let me tell you something. He has more Super Bowl rings than any than any NFL team in the league. Dang. So that's that. That's all we got to say. But, Shout out to the Buccaneers, man. Congratulations. Yes, uh, yes. We are still celebrating. A lot of us aren't celebrating safely. Apparently, Corona had a big night that night as well. <laughs> corona had about 150 yeah, yards corona, that night, too. Corona and about eight touchdowns. <laughs> So, so if yeah, Corona, uh, Corona's conversion out. rate. Oh, crazy! It was powerful that night. Converted so, y'all please every pray time. for us. But that's what it means to live in Florida. Yeah, Governor true. DeSantis said, unless people are walking in the street as zombies, dead, as zombies. flesh falling off their bodies, we are not. There are no restrictions. You understand me? All right. Take it up with God. <laughs> All right. So, moving right along, we uh we had to make the the. We had to make the uh, the intro short today because yes. we have to make room for someone who really who he whatever you try to do to introduce this brother is gonna fall short gonna every fall short. time. Right, right, right. You just just say his name and just sit back yes. and let let yeah. his name do all the preaching by itself. But if we have to, for those who have been living underneath a rock, right. I mean, could you please do the honors of? Preparing the hearts and minds of what is about to happen. The listen, caliber of man. Listen, how man. tall is he, brother? Listen, one of the how things. How tall is he? <laughs> Intellectually, he's seven six. He's seven six. So, boy. hey, listen, man. I don't know if you know, but we do. A, we love to do elaborate intros, man. That's what I, me and KB. I, I watch the show. Yeah, so we want to make sure that people have elaborate intros. So, look, we have the doctor. Uh oh. The doc. I'm talking about the man that is gonna, the man that looks over, looks out into the world and and, and prognosticates what's happening Whoa! in the culture. The man that that worships the 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 Trinitarian triumvirate. God. Yes, brother. You know what I'm saying? Listen, man. Yes. We have Doctor Esau 
McCulley on the show, man. Facts. He's a New Testament scholar, assistant professor of New Testament at Wheaton College. I think that's why you're in Illinois, right? Chicago yeah. land in that cold weather. Yeah, it, it would only okay. take Jesus to stay there. That's it. That's right it. Now. That's all, so that's all you need. Be Jesus will keep you warm. <laughs> now listen, he's also a priest in the Anglican Church of North America, completed Boom. his doctorate, his doctoral studies at the University of St. Andrews, uh -huh. where you studied under the direction of N.T. Wright. Is that right? Yes, it's the problem, right? It's the problem, right? Wow. The problem and the solution. Well, Jesus is the solution, right? <laughs> right. His research focuses on Pauline theology, African American biblical interpretation, and articulating a Christian theology of justice in the public square. He's also a contributing opinion writer to the New York Times in his latest book, Reading While Black: uh, African American Biblical Interpretation as an Exercise in Hope Won Christianity Today's Beautiful Orthodoxy of the Year Award. But also, yes, Doctor. Has won the 2020 Emerging Public Intellectual Award hosted by Redeemer University. Yes. So hold on, KJ. Yes, I usually, got, uh, come on. I usually refer time, this brother. to you. Okay. I usually I usually keep this for you, but because of what we just said, we have to. Needless to say, true theologian for real. Ask St. Andrews for, for real. real. Don't, Don't leave, leave your Bible around this Don't man. Don't leave the New Testament around this <laughs> man. <laughs> Because he going to parse it, exegete it, and transfer it to the culture. That's what he's going to do, man. He's going to he's gonna take the text out and implant it amen. into your cerebellum. Okay, amen, so amen. Um, make welcome some to noise. the show, yeah, man. Make welcome some to noise the, for, the, for the homie. Make some noise, man. Yes, I, I, yes, yes. I was going to say, this This is probably the only show where I was thirsty. I had to slide into some demands to get on this show. I'm like, I mean, you put me on. <laughs> Hey, no, man, I'm glad you, honored by that, brother. I'm glad you did, man, because we, first of all, we wanted to have you on because, honestly, you sent me a KB Reading While Black, uh, I think back, I think it was back in like August, right yes. before, I think it was right before it came out, yeah. and man, number one, I'm not saying this because you're on the show, because we like to keep it real on Southside Rabbi, Facts. this book blessed me, man, yeah. I feel like uh, uh, when I read it, it was at a time when I really needed to read it because I was just very vexed. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt like I needed to read your book because, number one, I feel like you were fair and balanced. I feel like you had an amazing emphasis on how the Bible speaks to aspects of justice um, regarding issues that's not only important to the black community, but should also be important to all of us mm -hmm. um, as believers. And, um, and I feel like you gave a great basis for hope. Um, that we that you kind of show directly from the scriptures, yeah. Um, and uh, you also show that the you also I love how you engage the word um, from a type of uh, this type of black hermeneutic, mm -hmm. which is not a hermeneutic that's specifically only for black people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because um, we're, we're going to talk more about that. Um, but also, any book that can seamlessly connect Outkast, Equimini, and the East Coast, West Coast debacle at the 95 Source Awards. Come on, bro. That book is an instant classic. Hey, in my I opinion, was reading bro. it. I was like, yo, he's in his bag right now. I was now. like, bro, in the this bag is right my, now. I, look. When I saw that the first chapter was called The South Got Something to Say, and there I was, was a, like, this there was brother spazzing. There was a quote on that mug from 2 Corinthians 4.13, and then there was a quote also, uh, 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 there was a quote in there from uh, uh, from Andre 3000 and 2 Corinthians. I, I sat to stand up in my chair. Like, you had to stand up and just look at the book. I had to look at the book like, okay, this is what I, this is this is my kind of book. Yeah, that's you know the saying? energy we need. So, um, yeah. Let's, all right, we we gonna go on for forever, yeah, brother. On forever, I'm man. sorry, man. The book has just been too good to us. It's been great, Esau. <laughs> thank you for being with us. Please, the floor is yours. No, what I was gonna say is, <laughs> man, y'all 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 are too gracious to me. You said so much. The first thing, um, the reason actually I didn't want to come on the podcast is because when I was writing the book, 
I had people like y'all in mind. Wow. Can't be this, but I was right. I came up through like my Christian adulthood was through the, the like the peak of the reach record, KB, ah. all of this stuff. So I was listening to that. And so I was trying to say there wasn't actually a book that felt like that music. That Whoa. felt like authentically who Jesus was, but right. also was like embedded in the culture. And so I'm looking at the Southside Rabbi. I'm like, listen, y'all finna read this book. <laughs> you can put me on the show <laughs> so, I can, so I can say that sentence. <laughs> I when love I writing, that. When I, was, when I was writing it, I was listening to it. Um, so the other thing is when I, when I was thinking about the book, I was really saying, there's a lot of books. And, and by the way, no shade. So I'm not talking about like people did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of books explaining racism to white people or mm. explaining black people to white people. Mm. I wanted a book that was written to black people about black issues. So like wow. in my brain, I said, I want the reader. Like, you know, when you think about who's going to read this book, I know everybody mm. was going to read it, but who did I want to read the book and open it up and go, this is for us. Mm. I wanted to be two black people. And so I mm. said to myself, what's the blackest thing that I can think of to start the book with? And, I, <laughs> and literally the first part of the book was that I, that I thought of was the South got something to say the Andre 3000. So I knew wow. that was the part of the book that I was going to open. That's the first idea because I also felt like I, w- I felt like I was being pulled even as a scholar. Mm-hmm. To like kind of be immersed in white evangelicalism mm-hmm. on one side mm-hmm. or in, in embrace like black progressivism. And mm-hmm. in the book, I try to be as charitable as I can because I don't want to say that like progressives aren't Christian. I'm not that's I'm not trying to sure. fight with sure. Right. But I did want to say it's okay. Like you can be your authentic black self, trust the scriptures as, as, as God's word, and care about justice. Right. Mm. So when I talk about the South got something to say. It was really, I felt like I was Andre. Because Andre's wow, like, right. man, listen, no respect to Wu-Tang and no, no, But in this here, we got, so that was the first part. It's funny because they weren't ready. <laughs> and maybe I'm glad <laughs> they didn't do it. One of the one of the titles that um I, I preached was like Equiminot Theology was what I, was one of the titles that wow. read about black people. Really? Yeah, wow. They weren't ready for it though. No, no, I don't think it's so. Hold on, hold on, hold on, brother. Hold on. Now, now. We love what you're doing. We love it. We love it. Now don't get us wrong. But hold on now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that we're going a little bit too we, we're going a little bit too southern hip hop. I now. love that though, man. <laughs> but that's no, no, that's no. the title in my mind now. In my heart. I yeah, that's... It sounds like paganism because those are two <laughs> zodiac signs. So right, I get it. Exactly. <laughs> I get it. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's powerful, brother. Um, I think that uh what that that distinction of writing this book that is a wide enough table for anybody to sit in. In fact, I've seen a lot of bro- of my white brothers and sisters talk about this book and endorse this mm-hmm. this book. And uh, so there's this, there, there's like, there's seating at the table, but it's almost like the style in which the food is being prepared has a culture in mind. Right. Yeah. And uh, Amin and I, ha- Amin has been helping me with a little bit of a, a little bit of a existential crisis when it comes to comedy, because I think Key, Key and Peele are funny. I, I think Key and Peele are funny. I am probably the only black person that I know yeah. that would agree with that. Okay, and I mean was explained to me that I'm not really black. That, no, that's not what. I, <laughs> that's not what I said. No, but what I. 
I mean, which I, I don't want to say it for you, but you no, were, I was just saying that I feel like yeah. Key and Peele makes uh, black comedy for white people. Right, right, right. So right, they right. kind of make black comedy in a way that it can ex- explain to, to white people. It this feels is like what, an explanation. This is what black comedy is like. This right, is what right, black right, people right. like in their comedy. That, and that's why I felt like I couldn't. As really, opposed to someone like Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Who is. Or Cap. Williams or Cat Williams, like, someone or, like that, yeah. who is the the there isn't the explanation that precedes mm-hmm. the comedy. It's the assumption. Yeah. So yeah. you you're here being introduced to our kind of, and that is a when it comes to communicate communicating in general, how you do that is really really important yeah. to who this actually reaches. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's just an interesting kind of approach yeah. you know I, mm-hmm. I don't think that you can essentialize black i mean i know you're not black mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an important work because i mean we can say what we want like money and power are in white communities and right, so right, right, it right. behooves us for white communities to be a little bit less racist and so yeah. if someone is doing important work to educate and form you know like having a bunch of different audiences it's like the, the, there's a lot of stuff to do in the church and so right. i'm not mad at someone and i'm not saying i may never do a book that is more directed actually my next book is more directed to a general audience but that's another question sure, but sure. For, this, for this moment i felt like i had to do something that was particular now i mm. do think that it obviously resonated beyond the culture because that's actually the case anyway right if right. you make something that was like deeply embedded in black culture everybody's going to buy it Mm. And so I think that um, the reason that like parts of this book is resonated and there's a couple of other things because black Christianity is Christianity. Right. In the sense that we believe the faith wants to deliver. So like, I mean, sure. I-, I tell people all of the time and people get mad when I say this, but I'm just talking about like facts and it's like no shade. Yeah. Historically, African-American, the African-American church has been more orthodox than majority white churches. When right. you ask the question, now listen, this. ask the question. Go back in like 1800s and say, okay, we're having the pro-slavery, anti-slavery debate. Whose exegesis mm. was better? Like we were, like everybody now says that we were right. Right, right. Look and look and look and look. And the other thing is, I'm not talking about just exegesis, anthropology. What mm-hmm. a person is. Mm. We say that all, no matter what race you are, you're all equal. You're, you're image bearer. They mm. said, based upon their reading of the Bible, there's a hierarchy of races with the Europeans at the top and black people at the bottom. That's mm. an actual heresy. Mm. Right? Actual. Right. Absolutely. Actual heresy. <laughs> yes. So like, this is a theological heresy. debate. And you can say the black church won the theological debate. Right. You go you, you, you go forward like 60, 70 years, whatever, you go into the civil rights movement. The political theology of the black church says that because of what a person is, these are the things they should access to society. And majority white churches says no. Mm, so we right. had two national debates between majority black churches and majority white churches. And in both cases, the black churches won the debate. Mm, right. Mm. And so when I talk about like, so I can write a book that's about black Christianity, but it's orthodox Christianity. Yes, exactly. Mediated through the black experience. I'm not saying that black Christianity is separated from the faith once delivered. Right. I'm saying so that so you should be able to look in the text and go, oh, that's the reason why so much Bible. I think I'm exegeting the passages correctly. Mm. So if you're a sympathetic exegete, now you might disagree with details here or there, but if you're an exegete, you can say, hey. I can read this book. I think his interpretation of the Bible is correct. Therefore, I can yeah. I can I can agree with it. So right. I, don't, I don't I don't think that this book is only for black people. Sure, I think sure. hopefully when you read it, you will see Jesus in it. And mm-hmm. so, like that's the goal. It's not it's not 
you can say I have a ministry to a particular audience without excluding sure. an audience. Yes. Right. And I had a particular audience in mind, but I'm happy. I'm 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 glad that people have looked in this book and 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 saw like a way of being Christian that they can idea they can identify with. Absolutely. Kind of, sorry, I know I'm rambling. No, 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 take ahead. your time, brother. AME, the AME is so important in this. The, the African American Episcopal Church that's founded um by Richard Allen, they they develop a motto. Was it God our Father, Christ our brother, humanity our family? Mm-hmm. So coming out of slavery, when they were kicked out of churches, wow. they had every yeah. opportunity to be bitter and to be closed off. They articulated a Christianity that was centered in their own questions and issues, but open to the wider world. Wow. So wow. I tried to model that in my book. I wasn't trying to be like only black people can be Christian and everybody else. Right. Sure. I'm saying right. these are our issues. And if you want to be a part of this, caring about policing and ethnic identity and, and justice, then like, come on. But it was never meant to exclude anybody. Right. Amen. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that if anyone reads the book, I think that they, there's no argument that they can give to, to, to yeah. say that the book excludes anyone. Yeah. Right. Um, and I love that you talked about even the AME church and because we have I guess I'm, I'm a, I'll get a little bit ahead of myself. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to this. But I mean, especially if you've been moving in, in, in white evangelical cir- circles for a long time, especially like me and KB, we, we had for a long time, especially in reform circles, you get taught this disdain for the black church and you yeah. get taught that the black churches and there's, they are not serious about orthodoxy, right? There, the, the black church is only progressives. And this is not, again, saying that we're not yeah. trying to argue whether or not black, you know, progressive Christians are Christian, right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. But I'm saying that you only, only get taught the black church is only progressive. They they do not care about orthodoxy. They do not care about theology. And then when you think about, even as you highlighted in the book, even when you think about the statements of faith from these black churches, you know what I'm saying? Like the National Baptist Conviction, AME, Kojic, right? It's orthodox. It's, yeah. <laughs> right? One one of the things, <laughs> sorry, let, let, let me, can I, can I give like a bad analogy? Do it, man. So, so you, you talk about music, and they say, "Well, why aren't there any good female Christian rappers?" So like, because y'all won't sign them and promote them. Oh. It's not like it's not like it's not like they're women who can't rap. It's like y'all not right. perform. And so, right. you got to understand what happened. And I talk about this not in the book, but in other places. You look at the 1950s and 1960s and 1970s. No evangelical institution, or very few, were trying to hire black people. Right. 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 So mm-hmm. you couldn't get a job at at, um, at, at Southern or mm-hmm. at yeah. uh, Gordon. Or Bob Jones. All segregation lists. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And so if you exclude all black scholars who care about, the, if you exclude them, and then the only jobs that are open to them are progressive institutions. Say that. And then you complain, well, where are all of the black authors? You can just say that. Well, where were you in the 50s, 60s, and 70s? Where when we when all of this other stuff was being published? So right. we were literally black traditional Christians were literally deplatformed from the 1960s, largely through the 19, well, actually, to be honest, the 2010s. They didn't yeah, start I was about to say, right. Right. I was just I about was to gonna... say, go ahead and put test to 80, 90, right, right. Exactly. 20. Exactly. Let's do 100. <laughs> and so that's the reason I talk about, and, and I try to say this as, 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 as gently as I can, ecclesial theology. So mm. what do we do? We went into churches. Mm. And so you have this distinction between a lot of what you see in print 
and this is there's exceptions to this rule, but a lot of what you see in print comes from the black progressive tradition. It was given space in progressive universities and seminaries. And then you have black churches that um, were basically teaching Orthodox Christianity. The other thing that you need to understand, and this requires a little bit of history. If anybody actually reads the church fathers, right? Like the early mm -hmm. church fathers. Mm -hmm. And you read some of these sermons, you go, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, I don't know about the exegesis and all this other stuff. But right. then next thing you know, they go, but the Trinity. And you go, okay. <laughs> That's what you do. You're like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they got there. But they ended up with Orthodox Trinitarian theology and Orthodox Christology. And what you see is it's a similar phenomenon in the, in the early black church. It, mm -hmm. it feels like the patristic era. You'd be like, I don't know what they're doing. But the brother knows the, how to preach the blood. Sure. Right. Absolutely. The theology right. is on correct. Holiness is there. And so like, right there. you have to at some point look and say, are these churches able to produce Christians mm -hmm. who live mm -hmm. for Jesus? The other problem mm -hmm. is, and this is once again, we judge, and this is what I say, we judged the best of kind of high culture evangelical pastors against the worst of the black church. Wow, so, wow, so true. wow, wow, wow. So think about this. Think about, and, and this is once again, no shade. Think about all the whack churches that you know that are like, like mm -hmm. just regular, like in the middle of nowhere, like a, right. a random Southern Baptist church. And then compare that to like a random Baptist. We don't do that. We're saying, how does John Piper compare to my pastor down the road? Right. No, no, no. Your pastor down the road compares to another pastor down the road. And I'm not saying right. like John Piper, I'm not, this is no shade to Piper. I don't, you know, I don't know. I know what you're sure, saying. sure. But I'm just trying to say, like, we have to be we have to be very careful as to how we talk about it and understand what's Facts. actually going on in local churches. Because my church that I grew up in, we were taught the word. Right. Yeah, 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 right. for sure. Um, and so I, I, the, the, I guess the difference is if I could talk about at least a lot of narratives that I saw, a lot of people, um, it seems, had a had a kind of so-so experience of Christianity growing up met God in a powerful way in college or some reform ministry. And then right. they kind of accepted the propaganda. And then there's just awakening process. Mm -hmm. yes. But I was, I'm, from Alabama, I'm from Alabama. We're like yeah. right down the road from like the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And wow. I just met, like, I grew up like when Martin Luther King was my hero. I mean, it was like, it was between Martin and Malcolm. I talk about that in the book. Mm -hmm. And so when I came to college and they started talking to me about this, I was like, I'm good. So I never actually had this <laughs> moment where I ever believe the propaganda. And so that just means my experience through this entire season has been different than um, some other black Christians. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that you say that because I think for me and KB, we were, I mean, we live South side St. Pete. We from Florida, from the South here. Um, and we just grew up in, 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 in the hood. Right. 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 And uh, yeah. we actually ended up hearing the gospel via Christian rap. KB heard the gospel via Christian rap. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a Christian yet when I met him. So when I met him, I think I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, we actually ended up getting this job together. God providentially put us together at that job. Right. Um, and so when me and him started talking, we hit it off in orientation. I'm not going to try to tell the whole story, yeah. but um, he ended up preaching the gospel to me. And I ended up also hearing the gospel via Christian hip hop. Right. Right. And then I was like, yo, at the time when I met him, God was already convicting me for my sin. I was raised in a black church. And yeah. when, once I got old enough, I stopped going because my mom stopped forcing me to go. But yeah. um, I had ended up reading the Ten Commandments, got convicted and didn't know what to do with myself. I was driving myself to church, didn't understand what was happening. Um, met this dude, heard the gospel. 
uh, hurt and Christian hip hop. Don't forget, don't, don't, don't. Hey, hold on, hold on. 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 Hold on, no, I uh, told you when I listened to the show, don't try to slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, brother. No, I was hoping you missed that episode. <laughs> so it's crazy, though, because after we after we came to the faith and we were attending that church, one of the things that actually helped us get out of that church right. is the Christian hip hop that we was listening to that was teaching yeah. us about proper theology. Right. Uh, and so uh, and then catch everybody like people started going to Bible college, the whole nine. But mm. I think that we kind of fell into I, I would even call it the propaganda sure. because Christian hip hop fell into it. Yes, headlong, right? headlong. Don't want to waste my life, life, life. <laughs> and then there was this whole, yeah, the, the entire, you know, the peak, I would say, mm-hmm. yeah. of, of the golden, it was just called the golden years mm-hmm. of, of yeah. the movement was deeply entrenched in reform yeah. culture, right. reform emphasis, reform priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, and I think that it mirrored, and this the the, the the thing you said is so interesting about how there is an industry around evangelicalism. Like you can write books, you right. speak at conferences. There's an evangelical you, industrial complex. It's a complex, right? Yep. And if you can get plugged into that, you can make a living, right? And yeah. your, your, you see, your livelihood is, I, is secured. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, Esau. Can I tell you how I peep game though? So let me explain yeah. how like this was going on with me. So I come into college and I had like a time of just from faith. And then I kind of came back like, you know, we, people go sideways in college. And mm-hmm. so they came to me and I'm with this evangelical group. And I'm like, well, y'all, this music is a little bit whack. And so they gave me third day. No, 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 no. They gave me DC talk. Cause they said there was a rapper said, there. You want, you want some edgy? There it is. You want edgy? I said, I said, I said, I said, I said, this ain't it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> That's what we and said. <laughs> yeah. and then, so then I heard cross movement and then I came in through the Reach record era. But the thing, the thing that was interesting about it then is that for me, that was my way of saying I wasn't going to like follow the culture. So like for me, sure. listening to Christian hip hop was my way of rebelling. But then mm. I saw, like, I saw, like, the whole narrative, basically from outside. Sure. And I said, I see how they do people. Mm. And so I said, you know, at this time when I, like, begin to write and do my stuff, from the beginning, I'm going to make sure that my way, my life is not dependent upon something that is shaky. Yes. So in other words, say that. So I said, you know what, like... In the articles that I wrote and all of the stuff that I was doing, I made it clear that I was not your safe friend. Mm, right. Say right. that. So that means when I, like when Reading While Black came out and there were some people who felt a certain way about it, they were not my platform. It didn't matter. Right. Exactly. So, so it's folks on the internet who can just literally stay mad at me and there's nothing else. And, and, and what I've seen is a lot. And so like I saw what they did to Jamar. I saw what they yep. did to Lecrae. I saw what they Diabetes. did. I saw, I saw, I saw all of it. And I said, I don't even want to be. I remember, I remember having this clear thought. Regardless what happens, the Macaulay's are going to eat. Mm. And once I said that, I said I can write what I want to write. And Thanks. so even though I mean I work at we in college, but I so like it's not like I'm completely separated. But I was like, when they hired me, when I was going through the job application, they may not love this part, but they'll love it. What are they gonna do? <laughs> they, said, they said, you know, they ask you like, what are you what are you gonna do if you get this job? What what is your scholarship? What's your future? And I said, I'm gonna start talking about um policing. This is like because I was working on reading while black during the application process. Oh. And I gave, and I said, I'm talking about like what the Bible has to say about policing, what happens to black people, you know. So like when I was being, 
when I was in the application process, I made it as clear as possible. This is what I wanted to do. So that wow. if they hired me, they hired me as me. Yes, just, they hired you. That, yeah. Yes. I think that y'all suffered a lot and I appreciated it, but I also yes. learned from it. And that, that may yeah. seem mm-hmm. that may seem more intentional because I never thought the reason why black would ever become this big. So I wasn't yeah. thinking about like building a platform, like that sounds way more intentional. I'm right. talking about as I thought about how I was gonna move as a Christian and as a scholar, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. said I never wanted to be dependent on people who love me conditionally. Mm. And so and I saw that from the conditional love that I saw happen to other black people in public. Absolutely. So, right. yeah. And even though we're the same age. I think I'm 41. Y'all might be, and y'all are younger. Um, even though we're the same age, I I saw because y'all were in public what was happening, sure. and I just said I'm going to move in a slightly different way. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. Yeah. And I think like that, that being in the complex is a very very mm-hmm. difficult place to be when God is burdening you with things that go against the vibe of the complex. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I. I I even like that phrase, I'm not going to be the safe guy, the, the safe friend, yeah. because that's kind of what the complex is looking for. They're looking for articulate, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uh, reasonable. Pra- reasonable mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, you have a certain set of burdens that align with things that we. Right. If, if you want to talk about social justice, you can up to abortion after abortion. Then That's we start when you got to go. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And even historically, one of the uh, in, in the beginning of CCM, there was this this Christian artist. I'll have to look his name up and put it in the in the the bio section. But it was this Christian artist who wrote a song against abortion, and at that time, the complex didn't have a category for that. Right. So even even that felt they they banned him from Christian bookstores. Mm-hmm. That, that he had all these issues with his label. Even at that time, yeah. there was still always a package of yeah. what we want people that represent us to talk about. And there's a special sensitivity to blackness. And one of the things that you said, Esau, that I was hoping that you could speak to, is that there is this sort of hypocrisy mm-hmm. that comes barreling into the room like the Kool-Aid man through 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 the through the wall. When you start talking about black stuff in the same way that you talk about other things. So right. for yeah, example, I, go yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. You are, if you so, already know where I'm going, please yeah, speak me, to right. it. Let me let me say two things. I think we need to make we need to make sure people understand because in case somebody listen yeah. to this, they should know. Like here's some game that you you will watch people recycle like run through black leaders and intellectuals. And mm-hmm. it's like there's this search for the perfect black person who they can't seem to find. In mm-hmm. other words, they want someone who's black enough to identify with the culture and right. bring black people in, but doesn't challenge like the status right. quo. Mm-hmm. And so there's always like they like they, these people are anointed, and then they disappoint them. And they go, okay, this isn't a black person. Oh, KB, KB can't do it. And then it's, and so right. like you can sometimes have during your moment as that black person, you can think, oh. I can actually achieve it. But this is what I want to let you know. If they will tell you to be careful of somebody else, you mm. will be that person that they will say to the next black person. Mm. So you might as well, you might as well tell the truth. Right. Facts. Right. And so like, and, and so like you just have to learn how to, and you have to learn how to be your authentic self without becoming bitter. Sure. Now, as it relates to like strong affirmation of the black culture, I talk about this all of the time. We literally have a thing in the culture called Anglophiles. 
Mm. People who just love British culture. Yes. yes British man. Movies, the theologians. Love British, British theology. Actors, British right. literature. Yeah, yeah, British literature. British evangelicalism. Right? right. Yes. Right. So you can say, you can literally say, I just love British stuff. Yeah. Even right? when you think it's about people good. talking about the classics, it's, they're, yeah. they're, yeah. they're European. Or even in the worship yeah. movement with yeah. Australian evangelicals. Right. Right. There, yeah. There's a whole theology there's a whole there. Flavor. Yeah. There's a whole flavor. Right. And nobody really says, you can't say British evangelicalism or Australian evangelicalism, but the moment you have a strong affirmation of blackness, mm. then people start going, well, hold on. Hold I up. talk about this book. I've talked about this in every interview. Nobody's called me. You remember this? You have to be like deep in evangelicalism, but it was called the Celtic form of evangelism mm-hmm. in the 90s, where they said, here's how the Celts evangelize people. And this book so like wildfire. Oh, wow. how did the Celts evangelize? Imagine if I if I pull a book out, the black form of evangelist. Well, you can't talk about race. I don't see color. And so there is this like sense of well, how, how about the last one? The Germans. Oh. Everybody who's read oh, German theology on, yeah. will understand that the German theological method is ethos and its tenor. You can tell when I'm reading a German theological book versus a British theological book versus a, an American evangelical theology book. They feel different. Yeah. Right. And people have talked about tracing the German heritage and biblical studies. So what I'm saying is, if everybody else gets a culture and interpretive tradition, why can't Black people? And the reason mm. that Black people can't, this is the important part, because Black hermeneutics are not simply neutral. They're, ch- they're challenging the dominant culture. Oh, so you can good, put the German beside the British. But, but So let me tell you about this article that never got published. I pitched it. They should have published it, but they didn't publish it. I said, I want to write an article about black history. And this may seem like it's a rabbit trail, but it's actually not. When I first started um, like learning black history, I learned black history kind of like as exemplar. Here's, you know, Carver and all of the peanuts. And so it's just like, here's this. So that's the first version. The second mm-hmm. version that I learned was like neglected history. Here's a black mm-hmm. person that you didn't know about, hidden figures, and you kind of correct the historical record. But neither one of those really challenged the status quo because the exemplar just means if you're an amazing black person, you can do something. The second version is kind of, it's interesting to know, but it doesn't really change the culture. What mm. I began to realize is there's a the third form of black history is actually the most important, which is this. We tell the story beginning at the Mayflower and we, mm. we kind of follow this person and his family through history. And right. if you tell the story of America that way, it feels a certain way. But what happens if you start the American story on the slave ship? Mm-hmm. And you ask the question, how? Do, what does America look like for that slave? And how does mm. he tell his story? What happens when you follow his family through history? Mm-hmm. You get a different account of America. <laughs> right. Now listen, when you have a Christian, this slave converts to Jesus. And he's trying to make sense of what it means to follow Jesus. You get once again a different account of history, right? And so you have then Black Christianity and Black exegesis at every point is challenging this national myth in a way that is really, um, really complicated. And so yeah. when I talk about that, then so you can't simply say. I'm going to like listen to the black church and not understand that listening to the black church is itself a challenge to the way we talk about um, Christianity. Now, the amazing thing about this, and sorry, this may seem like this is this is where the whole no, thing hits home. Take your time. What you end up with, though, is not a, rev- a different form of Christianity in the right. sense that you, you keep the Trinity. 
You keep right. Christology. You keep Facts. scripture. Right. And so you don't get, and this is what people fear. If I listen to black people, does Christianity kind of like fall to the ground? Mm. No, you just get a chastened and humbled Christianity that yeah. is aware of its own capacity of e- for evil. Right, right. And that has a bias towards those who are vulnerable. Yes. Like and God. You know, <laughs> like, like God. And it's not because black people are magical. It is because right, that right. black slave had to make sense of Christianity from the underclass. Yes, right, brother. Right. Yes. And so that experience leads him to talk about Christianity in a certain way. And the white slave master who's trying to justify his sin distorts scripture to do so. So it's right. not ontological. It's not ontological. It's socially located. Right. right. That's that's what I was that's what yeah, I wanted to ask you about that's because good. that's one of the things that I think that you highlight in the book. And I remember debating this with folks endlessly, even even like before the book came out, it's talking about social location. Right. Yeah. And and I and I and I think about how black folks in America have come to the scriptures in many different eras with questions amid their hope and suffering. So I think about how we came to the scriptures in the colonial era, you know, in antebellum era, uh, and then reconstruction, and then after reconstruction when you had the redemption period, and then Jim Crow, and then even now in twenty twenty one. And I don't think folks outside of us sometimes think about how scripture uh, lands on us in particular social locations, right. which doesn't change the objective meaning of the text, which is what right. you right. were talking about. But it does help, you know. Go ahead. They go, know. Go ahead. They know. And let me explain. Let me let me explain how you know. Because people pretend like they don't know this stuff. Right. You, you, let's <laughs> let's say, for example, you're getting ready to teach to a youth group. Let's say it's 15, 15 to eighteen year olds, and you have Ephesians chapter three in front of you, and you think, yeah. how is this text going to land to these fifteen? to 18 year olds and by mm. virtue of the fact that you're thinking about these particular communities you see things in the that's actually in the text that you didn't that you hadn't noticed because you weren't considering that community now let's right. say you take that same passage and you go to a prison are you going to preach the text the exact same way no you're going to say once i begin to think about these prisoners oh i didn't even think about how paul being in prison helps you understand the text and then you're bringing that part out and so we mm, understand yeah. That once we begin to think about a certain community, right, we it 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 opens up the nuances of the text that we might have missed. I talk Facts. about it's 1955. This is the best example. 1955, Baptist Board of Education has just has happened, and you have right. an all black church on one side of town and an all white church on the other side of town, and the, both of those pastors have to go and stand in front of their congregation to preach. Mm. You don't think those sermons are going to be a little bit different based upon the same text? Facts. Mm. Both, possibly be, both of them could be faithful expositors of the scriptures. Sure. And so our social location, here's the other thing. Like the black, a black person who comes to the Bible has to answer this question. Is this book for me? Mm. In a Come way on, that like a majority culture Christian might not have to answer because nobody's actually saying to them every day of their life, the Bible is a black man's book. Right. So you as a white person cannot read this. No, everybody's saying the Bible is your book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, we, yeah. Both, we come to the text with a different, I'm coming here saying like, I need to prove these folks wrong. So I'm looking for an answer to a particular question. Right, and right, right. And if we believe that the Bible is God's word to us can answer any question. Right, 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 right. And the fact that I bring different questions to the text 
means that I'm able to find things that people now they could have found it, but I just I just don't know. I don't know very many white scholars who open up the Bible and say, I'm gonna explain from the Bible how black people can feel at home in Christianity. Mm, 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 That's the mm, question mm. they just don't have to answer. Right, and you, right, right, right. Can you imagine, can you imagine a white pastor standing up in front of a congregation and saying, I'm gonna to explain to you how as a white person you can be a Christian? But every yeah. every black person has had to have that conversation. Right. Yes, right. Or or if you are a Christian, you've had other black people come up to you and say, "Why?" And you had to why? have an apologetic. Exactly. You right. had to have an apologetic for why. That's right. That's right. right. Christian. Right. 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 And, and so, like we like what I'm saying. And I, I'm not saying it's not their fault they have to develop the apologetic, but we have to. I have to answer this question all the time growing up. I mean, my family. Mm-hmm. You know, my family from Alabama, man. We 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 we've been through it. And some of right. us are, you know, we're Muslim, we're atheists, we're, you know, we're just like disconnected from the church. And so I can't just come here with some like, you know, non-engaged piety. I have like, when I go to my house in Alabama, I'm engaging the actual culture, that is yeah, asking yeah. actual questions in a way that like my white brothers and sisters aren't doing. Now they have their own apologetic, but they don't have right. this apologetic. Sure, right, sure. and 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 and, it, and that's why there's a need for the apologetic. Because I, I mean, same thing happened for us. Because even first of all, my dad is Muslim. That's why my name is Amin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> His name is Amin. Um, but uh, even me and KB, I remember there was times me and KB were. I have an aunt that's an atheist. Yes, I remember that. Me this. and KB had had to debate her because she's saying, "Why are you guys believing this this religion?" And you know, the, white, the white man has hands, their. Yeah. It's the white man's religion. He has his foot on our neck. This is a part of it. That's the apologetic that we we have to sure, have. You know sure. what I mean? And that's also the apologetic that I've had to have for my own father. This is yeah. why I believe in uh, Christianity. And I also you know? think that that apologetic is also playing itself out for our own faith. Right. Because over the last several years, mm-hmm. I have seen a surge of people who were once naming the name of Christ mm-hmm. leaving, right. leaving Christianity for you know all kinds of things. Yeah. And the reason that they cite for why they are kind of out the door shipwrecking their faith yeah is the way they have been made to feel like their dignity mm-hmm. is not being appreciated at all in the spaces in which they were worshiping right so it, yeah. it, I, I I've, I've rarely I've never heard anybody say man critical race theory really got I've me. never heard that or, or I was just <laughs> I was considering Marks and he had some Man, really good I was points. Reading, I was reading Das Kapital, I'm and not, after I got done with that mug, I just I threw was the faith away. Out of there, I was like, <laughs> after, after, yeah. so I was like, I'm done. And I, and I, I just want to just, just say that the the fact that these that these uh, sort of uh, ideologies have issues in them mm-hmm. is not really the point. The, the the point is that's not the social location for the folks that we're trying to do ministry with right now. <laughs> right. It's, it's right. not CRT that's that that's breaking their back. It really no. is the idea that they open up, they turn on CNN or Fox or whatever it is, or they drive down the street during a, a parade here in Tampa mm-hmm. and they're seeing people naming the name of Christ, but also being extremely racist. Right. And then they're seeing people who aren't necessarily being extremely racist, but they're very complete. Yeah, they're very complicit. Or they coddle racist. Or when you uh, come to them in tears, you're at small group, right? You come to them in tears about the death of George Floyd, and everyone's and 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 the leader of the group Mm -hmm. is looking at you saying, "Listen, brother, 
I honestly, the man had a criminal background. Yeah. I heard that he was in a porn one time. Yeah. We really should not get caught in politics. Oh, now it's political. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the pain has become that. And I think in a lot of ways that has said, if this is what Jesus is, then Jesus is not for me. Right. And, and if somebody's helping me to say who you are is Jesus's idea. Your yeah. culture, your 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 melanin, right. the way you express yourself, this Jesus' idea, and not only does he champion who you are, he also is spoken to you. This is for you. Right. The this point. is the faith for you. So one one Go of ahead. the things that's really interesting is so there it's funny how now you now I can start telling the truth because the book went out for a long time. the book book is actually a subtle an apologetic maybe it's not so subtle for the ongoing normative world of the scriptures and the lives of black and brown people that's what the book is actually interesting to do wow wow because what what you're talking about there like that exact person who is saying can i be black and christian is the person i wrote the book for Mm-hmm. Right. I saw the exact same thing happen. That and and, and, and it's not just the abandon. And I'm not trying. Once again, I have to be careful. I'm not trying to shape. But I see a lot of theological drift. And forgive me for caring about the faith once delivered. But come I should on, think it's important. No, go ahead. I actually think it's important when people believe. And I think the people are so frustrated with racism that it's driving them into heresy. Mm, mm, say that. And I said I want to write a book that allows you to say for a moment. I can believe in the scriptures. Yes. Right. Not believe in the scriptures. That's the wrong word. I can believe in Jesus, trust the scriptures, and care about these things. Mm-hmm. And so I saw it. And I do think we're in this dangerous place where I, I think I tweeted, I did, I did half of my tweets at this point now, but I said a long time ago, <laughs> y'all not going to come for me. Y'all got to work hard. To come <laughs> what a receipt. I, I said, I said, white supremacy is taking a lot from us. Let it not take our faith from us. Ooh, and so man. like, I just, I just, I did, I didn't want black people feeling like they couldn't be Christian. And right. I feel like a lot of black people, and it makes, I, I said in the book, there's no more, understandable development in the history of Christianity than black progressivism. Cause look mm, at, look, mm. look at what led to it. They, mm. they, they raped, murdered and killed us. Right. For 250 years in the name of Jesus, they go, well, hold on. This is Jesus. We need to do this another way. Yeah. And so even if I disagree, I disagree with deep empathy. Mm. And I'm trying to say, rather than me fighting with you, and this is what they pay us to do. They pay black people in evangelicalism to Come say on. horrible things about black progressives. That's the reason why oh you never see me on the internet yelling at some black. I just don't fight with black people in public. I just don't do it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like one rule that I have. Because there is there is there is like y'all not going to control me. Now, right. I do have things that I need to say. Right? And I will yeah. say them as, as, as carefully as I can, but I'm not going to be your let's get Esau to talk about being you know, pro-life or whatever, because we need black people in the pro-life movement. Right. I said, no, okay, okay. I said, no, I'm going to talk about all the things that are important to me. And I am going to do so in a way that is charitable to people who disagree with me. Yeah. And I want to do it in a way that feels authentic. That's the reason why I talk about opening with Andre 3000. That seems like just rhetoric. It was important because I wanted a black person who opened the book. Now you got to be a certain age. You got to at least remember, like you know, sure. <laughs> you can't be hey, like, outcast. You need to be early outcast, not the you right. know, 
Right. <laughs> but for the people who got it, they was like, oh, got to be elevated. We're, we're in the culture and let's have a conversation. And so I really yeah. think that the future of there's a future for like black orthodoxy. Mm. It has to be a a form of talking about the Christian faith that isn't afraid to tell the truth. What I mean is that sometimes we try to downplay the problem, so it feels like there's less work to Jesus for Jesus to do. This this is a big problem of evangelicalism. Well, if racism mm. isn't that bad, then like Jesus only has to do so much changing of hearts, right? Mm. Mm. But I go no no no. And so, like, they they argue with progressives by saying, by downplaying the scope of the problem and locating right. it somewhere else. I said, no, my progressive brothers and sisters have diagnosed the sinfulness of traditional churches well. Right. They right. have pulled the receipts. And I have to say, but Jesus is the answer. And people don't listen to Jesus is the answer unless you can articulate the problem. That's right. right. That's right. I, I He's the to answer to what? Right. Things aren't so racist. Trust Jesus. Right. Right. <laughs> when they experience, yeah. when they get hit upside the head and put over by the police, I got to yeah. say, no, what was done to you was wicked. Right. God weeps with you. Right. But right. Right. Is empty. And so I think that if you're going to have like a future for Christian theology that's authentically black or that ministers to black people, it has to actually address the real problems. Right. And the divide between evangelicalism and black Christian spaces is they don't want to talk about the real problem. But if yep. we can't talk about the real problem, then we can't minister to our communities. Facts. I Facts. love I love Christian hip hop more today in some forms than I did 15 years ago. And what sure. I mean is, I'm going to sound like an old person, not the people who, who, who you know, who just like, there are no bars. I'm still here for the bars. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do care about the fact that there's at least more of... Um, topical variety. Sure. Right. That, that, that there's some willingness to speak about the actual issues that are facing black people. Facts. Right. Facts. So even if that, even if, I, I, I'm not trying to count y'all money, even if that came at the expense of some checks, as a black man, I yeah. can say, oh man, like I can, I can, I can, I can listen to this. And, right. and not, this is, this isn't a CHH podcast or a video, but if we can do that, and keep the the emphasis on the supremacy of Christ at the same time, yeah. And be unapologetic about it. Then you have the kind of music that can once again be at the forefront of a movement. Sure, absolutely. Amen. I could not agree more. Amen. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, it, it, it reminds me of this, uh, especially when you're when we're saying we have Black Christians that are asking. We come to th- we come to this 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 Bible. And we're saying, is this for me? Um, I'll never forget a while ago, uh, uh, Jimmy Butts put me on to Glenn, uh, Usury who wrote that book. I, I, I let you hold it. You gave it away. Sorry, but bro. it's fine. I'm sorry. Cause he gave, you gave it to a, a dude uh, that was a, a nation of Islam. Y- yes. Yes. Oh, um, my God. He, he had a book called black sorry man. Sorry for doing ministry. Yeah. yeah it's but, but <laughs> for $14. <laughs> you want your $14 no, stop, back? Stop. I'll get it in heaven. Um, uh, I'll give it, I'll get it in heaven. Um, but I remember the the title of his book was called it's called Black Man's Religion and the subtitle is Can Christianity Be Afrocentric? And I felt like 
first of all, it's one of the best books I've read on Black Christianity mm. besides yours. Uh, but well, I was get go, before he, he can win. He can win. I'll be second. I mean, like I don't care but, about that. But that is but that is a book that I would give out as an apologetic because he addresses. First of all, not only does he address the history of Christianity right. as as far as um, just the impact that Christianity ha- has had in Africa and, and the impact that Africans have had on Christianity right, right. before we had this Eurocentrism. Right. 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 Um, but. The book answers the question: It's it, is this? Can this be a black man's religion? And can Christianity be Afrocentric? And the over the the, the resounding answer is yes, mm. absolutely, mm. absolutely. This is the black man's religion. Yeah, 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 right. Not saying that it's exclusively, but this is for you. Yes, this is for you. And um and yeah, I I I, I that is the that is the question that folks are are, are asking, yep. and that is the question that we have to answer. Yep. And I think that the scriptures make it very clear that that is an absolute yes. I th- I, I want to just add one more thing to that. I mean, the just to to, to Esau's uh, work on helping us understand social location. Yeah. Um, I had a moment uh, back in. October, mm-hmm. where I was being commissioned to, uh, I was being called to preach at my church through Colossians, and oh, yeah. I, I somehow got the uh, my my section included the end of, of chapter three, Colossians three, in chap, uh, Colossians chapter three, uh, verse. Uh, let's see here, 22, slaves obey your human masters and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, as I was sitting with the text. I begin to do the things that I have been trained to do when I'm doing exegesis. And let's just be honest. Yeah. It's go straight to Europe. Mm-hmm. I need to yeah. find the European theologians and exegetes. What did they say about what this? What did they say about this? And I was striking out. Nothing was, I, there was enough to be able to swerve past it, like everybody normally does with this text. Yeah. Though yeah. it ain't really, it ain't, ain't them kind of slaves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or they're, or they're just like, well, just imagine that they're, 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 they're basically just got a full time job. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of 40 hours a week, it's 60 yeah. hours a week. Yeah. So they, they are swerve passing and talk about like make it about working to the glory of God and not for your boss. Yeah. But that was not ministering to me and where I was. Right. So I'm struggling as a man, as I'm walking through life, ministering to individuals who share my social location. None of these things were hitting me. And I I called, I called a, I I called a a theologian that I, that I'm friends with. Um, I got on the phone with him. I talked to my pastor and when I, in talking with pastor Darrell and Jarvis Williams from, from Southern, what I felt like the Lord struck me with, I was in my studio after my call with them. I was sitting in my studio, which is in, in the, 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 the office room. outside of this one. And I'm reading the text, and I felt like the Lord said to me, why don't you ask people who are actually in slavery what they think about this text? Why don't you ask them? Yeah. And at that moment, everything that was shared, wonderful things shared from my pastor and Dr. Williams, it came together like, oh, how would I, if I was ministering not to the masters or not to those who are in power with this text, right. not what would I say to them? What would I say to someone who is in slavery as they're reading this text right. that I've only thought, and I think I feel like I've been trained to think yeah. about it in terms of how those are in power are dealing with this mm-hmm. and what yeah. Pastor Daryl and, and Jarvis Williams and the Holy Spirit came together and helped me with is that the fact that this is Paul writing as someone outside of power to other people who are also outside, outside. Right. of power. 
So you have a slave of the state ministering to slaves of the land. And as you appreciate that, that, that dynamic, the text opens up. Right. Now, all of a sudden, it's not Paul giving instruction for pastors, to, uh, for, for masters for those to be better with their ingenuity and with their uh, sort of how they manage the lives of those who are under there. Now it turns into something completely different where there's the slave who's being spoken to first in the, in the household is being elevated and empowered in that space. Mm-hmm. So uh, w- without having... The, the location change for me, for the Bible in general, if mm-hmm. you're always someone in power coming to read this to figure out how you can then affect the, the things that you rule over, you'll land at a certain place. And that's largely how theology has been done throughout the years. But what yeah. happens when it's the oppressed writing to the oppressed right. for the purpose of justice? And that is a major social location that runs through this text, right. through, through the Bible. Here's, here's a question that, that we might want to ponder as it relates to all of this, as it relates to social location. We have to attend to how the Bible itself speaks about this. In yeah. other words, if you read Deuteronomy and you read Exodus, you hear God saying all of the time, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. And yeah. when you encounter a foreigner... You need to remember what it was like to be in that place. Exactly. So in other words, the Bible is saying God shaped people Mm. with a certain location, social certain location in slavery so that when they encountered the other, like the oppressed, they would say, oh, I remember what that was like. But here's the here's the important part about this, though. Say that this remains true even in future generations. Wow. Mm. In other words, as God's word, 200 years later, 400 years later, you're still encountering foreigners. Mm, mm, and he's saying to the Jew, remember what your ancestors experienced so that you don't do anything about that. Mm, so now you begin to ask the question then. You begin to ask the question because there's, there's a tension in the biblical text. And we're trying to say, you get all of this data. You have the slave passage. You have, you have the slave laws. You have Paul's stuff. And you have to say, well, then what is God's will as I read the entire canon for his people to treat the oppressed. Mm. And then you got to ask yourself this question. And I talk about it all of the time. It's either the Lord of the Rings theology or canonical theology. The Lord of the Rings theology is the one verse to rule them all. You have one verse, you don't, you you, you ignore the rest of the canon, or you say, what is the message that emerges as I read the entirety of the Bible? Sure, sure. As I read the entirety of the Bible, I say, God, created a people who would have a disposition towards freedom. Right. Right. And so now that I have power, I'm not in the place of Paul in the early church. Now that right, I have right. power and I have the entirety of the Bible before me. Right. What is my responsibility? Oof. And I think the answer to that question is my responsibility is liberation. Mm-hmm. Now, once again, and this, this is where like, we got to keep our orthodoxy on track. Sure. Liberation to worship. Now you may choose not to worship. You may choose not to worship, but Genesis, Exodus, after Exodus is Leviticus. The liberation of a people for the creation of a cult, a a worshiping community. So yes, I'm trying to set black people free. I don't want anybody stepped on. You may never follow Jesus. Yeah. But after I help you get a job, yes, I want to say, okay, you might want to consider this too. Right, right. And right. Christian orthodoxy has to be the kind of 
thing, they can see the whole Bible for what it is. Yes, there's yeah. liberation. There's a bias towards liberation rooted in social location. Sorry, this is the last time about social location. Once you begin to say, I am united to Christ, the union with Jesus, let's bring it to the New Testament. Well, uh-huh. then what is Jesus' experience? Mm. Ooh. Jesus experienced oppression and death by the state. Yes, it's an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That is all true. But Amen. it is also a manifestation of state-sponsored evil. Mm. Right, and injustice. Mm-hmm. And, and so I can see both of those things at the same time. So now I'm following a guy around who transformed the world by the, the relinquishing of power. Mm. That I don't got to be in power to have victory. Wow. Oh, if, wow, wow, wow. I, if I'm a person, if I'm a person who Come follows on. someone Come on. who was treated unjustly by the state, then I have an instinctive distrust for states that are, that, that, that are, that are stepping on people mm-hmm. as a follower of Jesus. Mm. You think that it's, it's all like we have to at some point. Christianity has to become Christian again. That may seem overly simplistic, but like we're just not, we don't have, we want the results of Jesus without the method of Jesus. Oh, the results without the method. And and the method of Jesus is cruciform. Yes. You can't have a non-cruciform Christianity. So think about how Paul, where do you think Paul got his theology of suffering from? Paul understood his ministry as almost a reliving of Christ's own life in his work. Right. So he, so he began to say, okay, I know what it means to change the world. It involves love, the, the, the releasing of power, and the willingness to suffer. Yeah. Until you see, and this, this is where you get to the slaves that you talked about earlier. In every case... And Paul may not ever say, he may not say all the things we want him to say, but in every case, when you have somebody with power, Paul is telling that person to reduce some of that power. Absolutely. And in every case, there is a person who lacks power, they're lifted up. Right. Absolutely. Right. Everyone. So then we have to say to ourselves, how is it possible that in Christianity in America, we're yelling at the black people who have less power and we're lifting up the people who have power? Mm, 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 mm. Like the like the shape of this conversation is not cruciform. We're literally yeah. on we're against the people who are suffering. Right. Sorry, no, 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 no. no, 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 no you good, brother. Yeah. You preaching. No, um, I know I know that we're we're probably getting low on time. Yeah, I had sorry, I, I, no, I, I, no, I, I did no, you're good. Yeah. You, no, we we no, no, no we no, want no, that's no, what we good. wanted. Uh, it makes me think when you talk about how we want the results of Jesus without the method of Jesus. One of the one of the things that I think that we talk about a lot on the show this season, especially because of the the uh, the, the what has been going on in the culture, is that we talk about how believers are sub- believers should be engaging the 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 society socio politically with a kingdom ethic. Right. Um, one of the things that I'm very pa- like passionate about is kind of this kingdom ethic and us us uh, keeping our eyes on being a part of the kingdom of God, which means that the kingdom of God does things differently Facts. than the kingdom of this world yes. or the kingdoms, plural, right. of this yeah. world. And when I think about Christians sociopolitically, specifically in America, mm-hmm. I don't think that even the way that we do politics is a way that is a type is cruciform. Yeah. We we seem to want to engage. Well, if I'm I'm going to talk talk about it specifically as evangelicals, sure, I don't sure. think I consider myself a part of the evangelical camp. But I, I feel like how I've seen 
evangelical Christianity in America seek to engage socio, uh, seek to engage things politically has been to gain power, right? right? right, right, right. We have we have said that the way that we conquer is by having more power, right? right? right, right. And I think that one time, uh, well, one of the things that I'm thinking about is Christians. We should not be able to be bought and sold to the highest bidder of power when it right. comes to politics. Right, right, right. This is one of the things that uh, I've talked, yeah. we talked about too. And the kingdom of God transcends the way sure, that we, sure. we 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 do politics and um sure. and how we call, how we engage the socio political landscape. Mm. And I think that that puts Christians. It should put Christians in a place where we can offer critique to any political party. Sure, sure, sure. And also give props to any political party because we are only loyal to the kingdom. Right, right. So how? How how do you think that you know this the 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 black uh uh this kind of black hermeneutic or black in, it, uh, this this kind of black theology that we have the black interpretation um speaks to us engaging things socio politically as Christians because I think that one time I heard you say which I think is true that Christians are not dangerous enough mm. when, it, when in 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 socio political spaces yeah. we have lost all of our <laughs> all 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 of our uh. Uh, us being these 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 people that are dangerous to those who are in power, and we're not formidable at all. One of the things that that changed that changed my life writing this book was actually reading early black Christians. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, because I had this like perception of reasonableness. In other words, I thought if I articulated things in the exact right way, then people would listen, and then society would change. Mm. And then I began, and so like I would be, I would try, I, you know, I would try to be measured. And then I went back and I just read, I started reading like Frederick Douglass and these other like early like black Christians. And they just had nothing left to hide. They's like, we already in slavery, y'all already killing us. So let me tell <laughs> right. you, let me, let me say it how I feel it. Yes. And so I would read stuff and I was going, how could you say that in 1830? Somebody's gonna pull up at your house. And so, but the, here's the thing, they were critical even of other abolitionists, because the abolitionists were racist too. That's right. right. Uh -huh. Say and that. So what I'm saying is, because they had no power, they were free to say what they wanted. One of the more mm. amazing speeches that you should read, and I, I cannot think of the title of it, but it was when they unveiled the statue of Lincoln. And Frederick Douglass is there, giving the speech about Lincoln, who is dead. <laughs> Right what? in this national right. moment, and he came for Lincoln. <laughs> he came yeah. with the speech saying, "Like you I love Freddie. You, you you have wanted to free us, and we're glad that you found." I'm like, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did it, but you know, he had yeah. to twist his arm. Yeah, right. I had to put him in an arm bar <laughs> no. to do it. He, he, that's what he said. That's what he said. Yeah. Wow. And listen, can you imagine? That means he had no allies in that moment. He came mm. from both the party that, that freed the slaves and the people who were still like nostalgic about the slavery era. Yeah. Right. So the thing about not having power is that you can just do what you want to do, right? Right. And this next this is one of the tricky things. I think someone told me that like Martin Luther King could have never said some of the things that he said, except for the fact that his 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 money, his life was like in a black church. So they weren't going to fire mm. him. Right. And yeah. so I think that I think that we have to develop some some ind enough independence to be able to speak the truth. Say that. But instead, instead I, I would just I will never understand it. 
so much of our politics as it relates to Christianity is accomplished through terrifying Christians. Mm. If you don't vote in this way, the whole world is going to end. Right. And so how I, I don't understand how Christians who believe that Jesus defeated death can be afraid of some outcome. Right. Yeah. So like, historically, we've always done politics that way in yeah. America. And so like, we, so, so what I would say is like, Every time you, utilitarianism, right? That's like the ends justify the means. Right. That stuff always comes back to bite you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that what the church needs to recover is the ability to actually stand on principle. And mm-hmm. I agree that people say, like, we need to critique both sides the same. I'm not actually sure I agree with that. And this is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Some folks, we know who they are. Absolutely. And they're not, they're not saying that Jesus told them to do that. Nobody, nobody actually believes that some of this stuff that's going on on the left is rooted in a, a traditional understanding of Christianity. They sure. Don't. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, they, there is the adoption of religious rhetoric, but we even understand that as a response yes. to like the religious rhetoric on the right. And so I'm not surprised when a Democrat is a Democrat. Yeah, absolutely. That's so why I, I know, tell people. I know the exact <laughs> issues. Listen, I know the exact issues we're going to have to face. I know yep. the right. yep. problem. So I can right. engage that in a totally different way. Absolutely. Because no one's going to say, this is related directly to Jesus. Exactly. But if you're saying, Jesus told me mm-hmm. to oppress you, then as a Christian, I go, well, hold on. Yeah, hold it's on completely now. different. Now, now we got a problem. Let me tell you something. Right. I've been chilling. And listen, maybe... Maybe in a few months you will hear from me again. <clears throat> but we just have four years of an existential crisis. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Now we just we're back to where we always are. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Out out of power, trying to figure out how to make <laughs> sense of the culture and trying to bear witness and transform society. I know how to do that. Mm-hmm, what yeah. I just saw was something that terrified me as a black man. Mm, right. Mm, mm, mm. And so it's okay for me to say this terrifies me. Yeah. Right. But not and so and so I think that yes, the Christian witness never changes. There's the state is always acquiring more power to itself than is proper and we're always speaking about its limits. But when that is linked to Jesus, yes. there's a particular call to Christians to decouple those things. Yep. Yeah, and that's, I feel yeah. like what's happened over the last four years is to say it's not that the Christian the church became more political. We just saying you're not finna use Jesus to do this. Exactly, facts, facts, exactly. Facts, facts. And so, like, yeah. if you want, like, you you're not finna use Jesus. Not that. No, 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 no. And so, right. I, I'm I'm a New Testament scholar. I'm not a politician. I'm not a pundit. So I'm, I don't know about like you know how to reform healthcare. I'm not. I, you know, right. I don't have all of that stuff. But I do know. Once Jesus comes into the conversation, now you're on my playground. That's and right, we're going to have right. a conversation about who Jesus is and who he isn't. Yeah, right, that's right. right. Yeah, you've got to walk lightly and, while you're there. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, you ain't just been around right here saying whatever. You ain't dealing with no baby. My Lord. Right, yeah. right, for sure. But anyway, sure. I, 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 do, no I do think that the Christian yeah. witness doesn't change. But I do think that we sometimes have to say, hold on, let's decouple Jesus from it. Right. And then let's have a conversation about what's going on in the culture. And yeah. so I'm not, I don't feel any guilt. Maybe I should put this on paper. So I've been wanting to say this, but I'll put it on, on, on the internet. Do it, man. Yeah, Do it. Uh, exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. I feel no guilt over anything that happens in this administration that I'm mm-hmm. going to disagree with as a Christian. Mm, right. And let me explain mm. to you why. Mm. It is not the case that because there were other options on the table. 
Absolutely. You could have someone who showed concern for black people right. and real genuine empathy and was pro-life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he wasn't, that was not the option that was on the table for me. Right, so right, I'm right. allowed to say that insensitivity to the concerns of black people is a deal breaker for me. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Moral yes. non-starter. Full yes. stop. I can say that. Yes. You might have another deal breaker for you, but that's a deal breaker right. for me. I can have more than one right. deal breaker. That's and right. I can Absolutely. say, you know what? That means that this is not an option. And so whatever occurs then doesn't occur because it, it occurs because yeah, we weren't given an option. Right. We have yet to actually have a genuine person who runs for political office who respects the, the, the piety of the traditional black Christian church and shows the social concern that has also marked black people. Mm, mm, and so mm. we're always having to deal with some kind of of calculus. And, right, 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 right. and and that's just that's just a part of the reality. And I think that like in order for the like church to become the church politically, is that our politicians need to feel an obligation to respect both of those things. Sure. Oh. Absolutely. That's good. That's good. That's super good, man. That's good. Man, uh I wanna but before we go, I just wanna have you respond to a, a few quick things. Um and uh, I'll start deeper and then we'll, we'll end light because it's actually a pressing question that I need to ask you before that I need to confront you on actually on okay. something before, before I let you go. Uh, before I confront before I confront you on that, um, I do just want to quickly get your 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 just insight on this argument on so uh, online right now for those who are still very much movers and shakers within evangelicalism. And many of them, many of them are finding themselves afraid. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you, we, we, we talked about on the show before a friend of ours who preached a passage on unity and to his youth group. Yes. And, and in the, the sermon was not about racial tension, but yeah. he winked at it. Yeah, he addressed. He, he just, just addressed it a little bit. He just bit. winked at it, right. like a thirty second. Like I see you over there. We can't be separated. And then went back. And that man was fired by the end of the week. Yeah, okay. and the church made him sign an NDA. And the church made him sign an NDA where they would take away take the rest away. of his yeah, money. They, they decided to fire him and pay him. I think I think they def- they fired him and said they were going to pay him and his wife's uh, bills for the next six months because they had moved there. Yeah, and then said if you don't sign the NDA, we won't do that. I'm also thinking about uh, a friend of mine who uh, is a leader at a he's a he's on staff at a at a fairly large uh, seminary who when him and I had conversations, I mean, we, we've hung out many times. I would hear him talk about yeah. the, the 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 issues passionately. Right. Yeah. I've heard him preach about it. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying, I mean, strong some folks assumedly who are giving to the seminary got a hold of one of his messages about this right yeah. and essentially demanded he recant it all then he yeah. had to he had to ask himself a question did he want to have a job yeah. or did he want to keep saying these things yeah. about yeah he chose his job okay yeah. and uh so this is a social location for a lot of believers yeah. that they find themselves wanting 
to speak from conviction. They're wanting to speak from what is relevant. I think about Jesus, the traveling preacher in the in the top of Revelation, going from church to church with a word for that context, right? For yeah. the particular church. They think that God has a word for the particular church in America that yeah. is not tolerated by those who are paying the bills. Okay. Yeah. What do you say, Esau? Because you speak from a place, pardon my language, of, of yeah. privilege. Yeah. Because well, you started. You yeah. started. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll and say advantage. advantage. <laughs> I, I, I would say, I would say, for the people who are young enough, you need to get out. Wow. Um, you need to plant a church mm, mm. that like loves like. So this is what I want to say to people. 30 years ago or 20 years ago, we asked people to, to consider these issues and they said no. So when mm. the culture changed, there was no ability to do so. But what happens is 20 years ago, those people had decided to actually rebuild all of those things. Mm. Then they would be in a place right now where they could just be in, in a more healthy position. So at a certain point, mm. you got to pull the Band-Aid. And I wow. want to say that without like, don't be a wow. martyr, like be wise. Sure. But one of the things, and, and, and this is this is the example. I think, and maybe forgive me, I'm just looking at it from the outside. Christian hip hop is having to learn how to make money through an entirely different way than they had to make money 15 years ago. Say that so true. Yeah, so they had That's to they had to imagine a different future for themselves, right. especially if they wanted artistic independence. Right. That's so if you think. You might have had an, a vision when you were in seminary of going into a nice middle-class church, starting as a youth minister, becoming an associate pastor, and then becoming a pastor. If you care about these things, then you just can't do that. Mm. And you actually have to die to that vision of your life in ministry. Mm. And you have to imagine a different life for yourself. Now, for some people, you have a wife and the kids, you got four, you got four like this, this is where Paul's letters and things become really important. Because yeah. he's writing to oppressed people. It might be easy to say to a slave, you should escape. What happens if you can't escape? How do I live mm. as a Christian in that context? Yes. So you may have to say to yourself, okay, I'm in a position where I can't do that. But you right, need to right, learn right. how to start making moves. Facts, mm. facts, you facts. You have to begin to imagine in a year, two years, three years, I'm going to extricate myself from that situation. Mm. Now you have to do like some some... And this is once again analysis of the situation. What does sure. the future? What does my future look like here? This is a place where it's it's here, but it can get here in three to five years if I'm patient. Or oh, this is a community I need to get out of. And everybody knows mm. where they are. What mm. I'm saying is, you can't like you literally. It is not good for your soul mm. to be stepped on forever. Wow! Wow! Right. Wow! 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 And so you have to find a way. And and listen, and, and I know it speaks for privilege. Everybody says that. But wasn't nobody writing reading while black when I started working on it in 2000? Say that, brother. That's, yes, that's true. Yes, yes. yes. Nobody that's was true. trying to talk about black hermeneutics in 20. I mean, like, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Um, there were a lot of people who were talking about black people. What I'm saying is, my first book was about, you know, boring Pauline stuff. I was not on Southside Rabbi for my first book. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I started writing this book, people were looking at me like, well, what are you doing? Mm. It's a left turn. I, Tom, is. I, I study with N.T. Wright. Tom ain't writing reading while black. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did, I said for my own, like I could have, you could have never met me, KB. And I could have been a leading scholar in the New Testament writing books for the academy 
and it's been a professor somewhere and never mm. met y'all. Right. But I right. said, God didn't call me to that. God called Amen, me to brother. that. So yes. I said, I need to start making a way of doing things a little bit differently. So instead yeah. of publishing academic journals, I started writing in Christianity Today, in the Washington Post, in the New York Times. That's not normal. Right, 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 right. right. And I'm not talking about bragging. I'm talking about thinking intentionally about constructing a different life. And so if you want a different future, you may not be able to get it today, but you can find ways to do it. Amen, brother. I would encourage people to really think, I need to get enough financial independence to tell the truth that God has given me. Amen, brother. Yeah. Don't stay. uh, Don't stay. Don't stay. Don't stay. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. I think that this is that, that we if we we had time. Even yeah. the when we think about vocation and financial independence, that that itself is a major contributor in these conversations that is not talked about. Oh, often. never. And I think that Esau, you represent for us. A, 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 you're a hero of ours for a reason, brother. Mm-hmm. Because I think in a lot of ways, you had options, bro. I mean, there there was a there's a pathway of black faces talking about stuff that, you know, uh, basically is widely received. And you just kind of saying it. And then also, if you want to start slam dunking on other black people, you see that a lot. You oh, see that a lot. A lot of money. In that. A lot of of of, of the I'm just going to use Thomas Sowell as a, as a catch all yeah. where your entire life, your, your your ministry work is standing in front of a room of people that look nothing like you yep. talking about. The people that look like you negatively, right? Absolutely. And and yeah. and I was just going to say real real quick that one of the things that I mean and I have uh, discussed as we were sitting uh, brainstorming about what Southside Rabbi would be, and the importance for us to have a tribe that was there for us and not there for an imagination of what they would like us to be, right? Yeah. And. As we, it was a couple, we had a few people coming to us saying that they're only saying that because they're trying to make money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that we, I, we've never responded to uh, this foolishness, but in, internally we've said, if we really wanted the bag. The oh, man. Bag. Oh the my bag bag? Man, we would make a podcast called Red Pill Brothers. <laughs> That's right. And we would be we just, quote scripture yep. and hate Democrats yep. and, and talk bad about the black community, yep. about the pathology of black. And or, we or, would or be millionaires. Or, wait, wait, hold on. There, there's two bags now. Like, let's be honest. There's yeah. that bag, and then there's the bag of just being the black person who is skeptical of Christianity for a white skeptical audience. Mm. Right, right. Talk so about like, that. Yeah. Not, and so, like, what I'm saying is, like, the, like the 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 middle part is the strong affirmation of who you are as a black person, mm. and the unapologetic Jesus part. Wow, wow, wow. Right. That's where the smallest amount, like, the, the bags shrink when you go from the two extremes to want to hold those things together. <laughs> the bag gets tiny, me, brother. <laughs> I mean, I see it. I'm not, I'm not get it. I get it. Hey, but you, hey, but you're defying it. You're defying the status <laughs> quo with this. It's all hope. We're praying that God. I literally said, I said this to Kina Aragon, is a good friend of ours, who I recommended your book to her. She read it. She bought it and then read it that uh, the, the 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 that same week and hit me back up. But one of the things I said to her is that we need a bunch of these. We need a bunch. We need author after yes. author writing in this vein. Yes. Right. My my no, goal was my goal was to plant a flag that I hope people would rally to. Yeah. Mm. 
I mean, I was never, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm not, this is not false humility. I was never the most talented person in my high school. I was never the most talented. Like there's tons of talented black people and there's tons of ta- talented black people who experienced what I experienced. Mm. And I said, you know how you kind of, you, 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 you talk stuff out into the internet. And you don't know whether or not they're going to say something. You might go, you know what? Turkey is trash. And then, you know, the internet go, yeah, Turkey is trash. <laughs> But you don't know until you say it, right? Sure, <laughs> right, right, sure, sure. So reading my black was me saying, I'm gonna just say it how I feel it. Yeah. And see if people will rally to it. Yeah, bro. And I'm hoping that there is literally a generation of people who are free to be their Christian black selves and right in that space that 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 that, that maintains this tension that I think we all live with. Amen. 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 One more question, then I'll get to my uh, confrontation. One yeah. of the things that um, one of the things that we see in the narrative of what uh, transpired with slavery and the church, and there's a statement that is said often that the the Church of America in the Church of America has the stain of racism and white supremacy on it. Okay, yeah. and a friend of mine. Um, was in a conversation publicly and a gentleman on stage really got offended that he said that um, and said that he was slandering the church, that you're slandering the church right now yeah. by suggesting that the church uh, is somehow complicit in, uh, yeah. in, 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 in racism and white supremacy and slavery. And he said the only stain that the church has on it is the, 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 the blood, blood stain, stain of, of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. And yeah. everybody stood up. Woo! Right, right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so my, my, my friend handled it perfectly. I mean, he went on to it, it kind of explain why he stood by that statement. But I want to kick that question to you. As yeah, you think I, I, about. I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I would say like someone's emotion doesn't determine the truth. So you can mm. be offended by something, but like, you know, <laughs> that, just, that, that doesn't change. So I would say like, we have to be careful when we say the church and we mean like the white church in America or something like that. Cause right. the black church, the black church isn't, doesn't have to stay in the white supremacy on it. Mm-hmm. So like um, the mm. answer is did like white Christians um, articulate theology that justified the ongoing oppression of black people? The answer to that question is just yes. Absolutely. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, um, but this is once again, one of the things that I, that I like to say is that like, well, what do you do about that? Well, mm-hmm. the first thing is you ask theological questions in the correct order. This may seem redundant, but like the cross happened before white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Resurrection mm-hmm. happened before white supremacy. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't, the first question that I have to answer as a black Christian is not whether or not the church is complicit in places in white supremacy and slavery. The, the first question I have to ask as a black Christian is, is the tomb empty? Mm-hmm. Once the answer to that question is yes, then I can follow Jesus. Yeah. And I can follow Jesus and I can ask myself this question with like real sincerity. Does the Bible support what was done to me as a black man? Mm-hmm. And I can say no. Mm-hmm. So that means like, when, when, I, when I talk about like what, and I said this, and I think this is what the American church really needs to understand. What makes America great is not that we've always adopted for adapted or adopted the good, the true and the beautiful. That's not true. Mm-hmm. And forcing black people to believe that is just never going to be true. 
Mm. What makes America special is this the the arena within which the oppressed peoples of the world have fought for their God-given rights and they've won against all odds. Mm-hmm. What makes the American story special is, despite the things that happen here, we have a thing called black people. Mm. We have what, you know, the, the expanded rights to women. Like, so the story, the, the, the beauty is in the struggle. Mm-hmm. And the beauty is not just in the struggle, it is in the struggle rooted in God's promises. Wow. And so that's what makes me love being an American because, like, because Frederick Douglass lived here. Yeah. Frederick, Fannie Lou Hamer lived here. Like Fannie Lou right. Hamer and, and Medgar Evers and those, and those four little girls, like they bled for this. Right. So this is mine. Hmm. And so I don't have to, 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 to wash away the, 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 like, here's the thing. What makes my story special as a Christian is not that I was always good, was that Jesus saved me when I was wicked. Yes. Right. But God will tell you the wicked parts so you can appreciate what Jesus has done for me. Say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's redemption. So I have to tell you what America is doing so I can then say, this is what the Christians were doing in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you can say is that you can look through all of church history and everywhere you will look, you will see misfits and mayhem. Mm-hmm. But you will always see a counter testimony. And that counter testimony allows me to stay Christian. Mm. And so what I'm saying right now is that 50 years from now, I'm not I'm not overly like exalting myself. But I actually think about my kids 20, 30 years from now, when my kids look back on 2020 or 2016, or t- say, where were the Christians? I want to say to my son, here's reading with our black. Wow. Mm. Amen. Here it is. And so, like, we have to say in our generation as, a, as Christians, we have to be the ones who are testifying even when the testimony is against other Christians. Mm. And so we have to learn how to tell the story of Christianity as that testimony. And too often we're caught up in this myth of the church's innocence because we think we can only be Christian if the church wins every fight. Right. But sometimes we have to be honest that we failed. Wow. And that's okay because the mm. blood is sufficient to cover that failure. Message. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful, brother. Amen. Um, Amen. Listen, um, Doctor, you've been too kind with your with your time, brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all that you have shared has been insight. Amen. Uh, it has been a gold mine. Thank you so much. Um, I I really it really pains me that I have to say this last thing to you. Okay, uh, what did I do this time? W- one of the things that that we need you to stop doing <laughs> is encouraging people okay. to put sugar. In their grits. Now, now I, I understand, brother. You got you got you got you got a light, nice education. You've been to some good seminaries. You, you, you've oh. written a you know wonderful book, and and, and you, you got a good head on your shoulder. You're, you're, you won yeah. some awards. You're a good black brother. But let me tell you something. You are setting us back. <laughs> I was afraid you was gonna come from my LeBron takes. This this is this That's is the cream of wheat. No, we can handle no, we, we can we, handle LeBron. Are, I can't handle we are with sugar you. and grits. That's cream of wheat, brother. That's, That's cream, cream of wheat. cream of wheat. You are desecrating a sacred okay. institution. Okay, can I can, okay okay I'm, I'm given to I, us by the ancestors you say you represent. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what happened. <laughs> Can I, okay then, can I can I can I set? <laughs> let, first of all, let me set black people free or get myself. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we have to understand that there are certain things that black people have turned good that aren't inherently good themselves because oh. we remixed it. 
So yes. grit okay. as a genre is trash. So what I'm saying is this, and this is what I mean. If you put nothing on the grits, it's inedible. So what well, we're trying uh, to say is, wait, yeah. wait, wait. You talking about butter, sugar, and all yeah. this other stuff, and cheese, you're not eating grits. You're eating butter, <laughs> cheese, and like, so... We're not actually arguing about First grit. of all, you can make that same argument about shrimp. There are all kinds of neutral things that yes. you got to put something no, no, on no. for it to a work. Steak, a steak is inherently potentially tasty. Right? If you cook the steak right, the steak's going to be if on you point. Cook it right. Ribs. See, when you already, got smart people ribs, that are, are arguing. <laughs> ribs you can have. A hamburger. You can, what I'm saying is like turkey and shrimp. Turkey and grits are related in the fact that you got to remix them. So all we're talking about is what's the best way to make something that is not inherently tasty, tasty. So for some people, it's going to be to make it sweet, but some other people is going to be to make it savory. So you free in no. Christ. No, 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 no. Christ freedom does not cover that. No, Christ freedom does not cover that. It stops. Some, some things have to be left alone. Okay. There, there are some traditions. There are okay. some traditions that are handed down to us that no one's going to. Why is there no argument about bacon? Because you can just eat the bacon, right? Nobody's arguing how to cook the bacon. You just cook it. Shrimp, you have to, I'm not shrimp, grits, you have to figure out what can you put on grits to make it taste yes, good. Yes, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Grits become grits when they are mixed with the butter and the salt. Oh, God. Before <laughs> they are mixed with the butter and the salt, what you have is a process in the, the actual recipe. We haven't finished it yet. You can't call it grits until the salt and the butter get into okay. it. So okay. what you're okay. actually describing is, is, is a false start. We can't even get the argument off the ground because you're not even describing grits. So, wait. <laughs> so it becomes grits when you add the stuff in it. Exactly. Yeah, and it stops okay. being grits when you put sugar on it. Okay. And you got brothers like you with a, with, a, with a platform and a voice that are going around telling people that there's something normal. I apologize to the culture. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. And don't worry. I'm going to send you a form that you can sign so we can put that on the website so that everyone can know that you've repented. <laughs> yeah. and, I'm and not going to lie to you. I didn't realize it was that hard of a take. And I said, you know what? At, at some point, I'm going to sit down and like, to be honest, I never had grits the other way. Ah, oh, you haven't? No. That's why you're spreading heresy wow. in the streets. My heart just filled with compassion. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm speaking all off the top of my head. I'm a, you know how you like, you be like, you're afraid that you might be wrong and you don't want to yes. find out? Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid to try grits as you, because people are like, oh, that's, the, I was listening to it. You know how you uh -huh. be stuck and you're wrong? You're like, wait a minute. That sounds kind of tasty. Hold but on, that sounds delicious. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to say right now, I've only had grits with sugar. I've never had whatever y'all talking about with like all okay. this other stuff in it. And yeah, I will yeah, try yeah. it and I will let you know. I think for when sure, you try it, sure. you're gonna repent, especially if you try it from the right from the right <laughs> source. Right. And if you throw hey. some if you throw some uh fish in there or or, or some shrimp Ooh, in there, shrimp and then you really move it. That's the other thing, the other thing too. Other hold thing. on, wait, 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 hold on. Yeah. Doctor, once you put sugar in there, you eliminate all the possibilities. You can't <laughs> put fish and shrimp and sugar that in there. That would be horrible. See, I have a shellfish. This might be the other thing. I have a shellfish allergy. Oh, so maybe okay, I, just, okay. I, I went the other way because I never had the shrimp and grits thing because I can't I can't eat shellfish. That that, gotcha. that, okay. that makes we, sense. We'll get we, we can give you a pass for that. Okay, I will try <laughs> your version of grits. 
<laughs> hey, when COVID is over, when COVID is over, we're actually, by God's grace, building a a, mm-hmm. a bigger studio to have our podcast, and we're looking forward to having guests in person right. once the pandemic is over. But we'll fly you out and get you some real. We'll have Sister Bonnie from our church oh, get you some put real. together some uh, okay. some some real grits for you, brother. We'll have a live a live. I mean, I feel like it wouldn't be very fair because y'all are gonna have all of this other stuff. I'm just going to dump some sugar on it. It'll some sugar like- in there. Like, ah. <laughs> and we'll have a panel. We'll say, what do y'all like? What do y'all, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the sugar stuff. Right. Or, or this, grits. You want grits or, cre- or, or this cream of wheat over here? Exactly. <laughs> whatever what you want. oatmeal. Yeah. Might as uh. well throw some raisins in there. Anyways, <laughs> hey, man, we love you so much, brother. Question. That was the other question. I wasn't sure that I, whether or not I was actually thinking about oatmeal. I'm not even sure how much grits. <laughs> See, you might be talking. You're not even talking about, about grits. about the same thing. <laughs> I think that I'll put sugar on oatmeal because I had oatmeal first and then uh-huh. I just transferred that over to when I started having grits. Got you. Yes. You're hustling backwards, bro. You're yeah. hustling backwards. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, room that's the problem. Cross. That's the room at the cross. <laughs> Oh hey, man. man! Hey, that's thank you for awesome, coming, man. man. We love you. Before you go, uh, is there anything that you're working on that you want to promote? Anything that you know? First of all, everybody needs to get reading. Well, everybody, and we're, we're giving gonna, away yeah. a few copies. We're gonna do a giveaway. We'll let you guys know about yeah. that soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So go ahead, brother. The floor is yours. Oh, uh, I mean, I mean, the the next. I'm working on a lot of stuff, but the next, my next major major project um, mm. will be a book on Paul and slavery. Oh, um, that was coming out. That'll be in about two years. But okay, um, okay. So if you are if you are a praying type, that's going to be the hardest book for me to write. So gotcha. if you want to pray for me, pray for me um, on that. Um, I'm I'm near the fi- I'm finishing up um, a project called the New Testament in Color, which also won't be out this year. But it's a multi ethnic commentary on the New Testament. So it's a single volume commentary in the New Testament. We brought. Black writers, white writers, um, Asian American writers, Latino, Latino writers to make Ooh. a thing of a volume commentary on the New Testament that like is socially located but faithful to the scripture. So that should be out next year. We so I'm not that, really trying to sell anything um, right now. I'm also working on a children's Bible um, that I'm yes, hoping yes, to open in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, most yeah. of this stuff, it's, it's just like anything else, man. Like there's a long runway. So there's a bunch of projects that are in the. Um, that are in the works, but you probably won't see anything new until 2022, 2023. But, you know, there's always something that I'm writing um, and I share it on social media. So if you find it useful, then you can share it for your, with your friends and family. Amen. Speaking of social media, make sure y'all follow Dr. Esau on Twitter at Esau McCulley and go to his website, EsauMcCulley.com for more. Yes, indeed. This This has been Southside Rabbi. Rabbi. We love y'all. Peace.